a new starting quarterback for the Aggies, and our first ever crossover on this episode of the Locked On Aggies Podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We have, according to reports, a new starting quarterback for the Aggies heading into week three matchup against the Miami Hurricanes. We thought it might be coming. We thought that there was a chance that Jimbo Fisher would decide that the circumstances were too urgent and that he needed to make a change at quarterback now. We've talked about what Max Johnson provides for this quarterback room. He provides the floor. And by that, that's not an insult to Max at all. In fact, it's a it's a compliment from my standpoint that Max is the kind of guy who you know exactly what you're going to get from Max Johnson when he plays quarterback. He's going to make the throws he's supposed to make. He's not going to turn the ball over. Only threw six interceptions in 12 games last year. 27 touchdowns, six interceptions. We've seen from Haynes King, he started and played three-plus games, three-and-a-quarter games, and he has five interceptions in those three games. And none of those were in the SEC, none of those were SEC competition. You know, two of the games were Kent State, Sam Houston State, a quarter against Colorado, and then a game against Appalachian State where he was not as good as he needed to be. Jimbo Fisher made the decision that with the floor that Max Johnson gives them, and by what I mean by floor is Max Johnson is not going to be the guy who is going to make the wow throw. We hear so we've, I've heard an analogy used in, in some NFL podcasts of, the quarterback who can go get you a bucket, comparing it to a, a basketball player who, when things aren't exactly right, when the defense doesn't give you exactly what you're looking for, can the quarterback go out and be like a playmaker on the basketball court who can go out and get a bucket, even when things aren't right? He can get down the floor, penetrate, get a bucket, step back, three-point shot, The goal, I think, the idea was that hopefully Haynes King could be the kind of quarterback who, when he needed him to, could go get you a bucket. Max Johnson probably provides less of that, but he brings much more within the structure of the play. And for Jimbo Fisher, a guy who believes in his offensive system and who believes in 
the talent that he has on offense, both at the offensive line and in his pass catchers and his running back, Devon A-Chain, he believes he has enough talent around him and that he has more talent around Max in 2022 for A&M than Max had in 2020 or 21 with LSU that he believes Max can get plenty out of this offense and they can score enough points to win. I think after seeing two games, I think I agree with him. I think these freshman wide receivers, Chris Marshall and Evan Stewart, are what you hoped that they could possibly be as true freshmen in their first few games. And they're only going to get better. Anaya Smith is everything Anaya Smith has been. Devon A-Chain is still explosive. He's still going to make big runs. He's still going to make big plays. And he's going to be available in the passing game if you can get him the ball. You'll keep Brown has some big plays. Chase Lane has been dependable. We actually had a tight end catch to start the game against Appalachian State. Ultimately, what this comes down to is the fact that you just cannot afford to have another basement game from your quarterback. You need, at this point, at least for the next few weeks, you have to get really steady play from your quarterback. We've seen through two games, the rest of this AM team is pretty darn good. And if they get the quarterback play right, they can win a lot of games. Is Max Johnson enough for them to make a run undefeated through the rest of their schedule and make a run at the college football playoff? Maybe, maybe not. The only way we'll know is for him to go out there and do it. I don't think he's the guy who's going to go out, break out of the pocket, and make a big downfield throw outside of structure. But he's a, he's a good athlete. We saw him run against Sam Houston. He's run before at LSU. He's going to get a chance. We're going to see what it looks like against Miami. And I'm sure at this point it will be sort of reevaluated as we go. According to the reports that say that Max Johnson is going to be the starter, they also say that Connor Wigman got some shots and some work in practice this week. And I'm sure that will continue to take place unless or until Max Johnson grabs onto this job with both hands and just proves us all wrong and says, yes, I've got the floor. Yes, I'm the guy who's not going to turn the ball over, but watch me go to work with all this talent around me. And if he does that, A&M is right back where they hope to be at the beginning of the season. If he doesn't do that, we'll probably see Connor Wigman at some point in 2022, which we may anyway, because he may be too good to keep on the bench. For our next segment, we're going to do something really exciting, something really cool that Locked On does. It's really awesome. We're going to bring in Alex Dono, who is the host of Locked On Canes, our Miami Hurricanes podcast. And he and I are going to chop it up about this game. Full disclosure, as I record this on Thursday evening, we recorded these segments on Thursday morning. So there's quite a bit of conversation in these segments about who will be the starting quarterback, what the questions are with Haynes King, all those sorts of things. And so some of that information is going to be outdated based on this, this new report that has come out this evening. That's all right. There's still lots of great information in those segments. 
Lots of really good information about Miami. It's going to be really good for you guys to know as we get ready for that game. Before we get to Alex, let me tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, and this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Yo, Joey, I got to ask you the trillion dollar question this week. What's going on at quarterback for Texas A&M? Is Haynes King going to start? And even if he does, is he on a short leash? What's happening there? Well, Alex, if you know the answer to that question, I'll ask you to tell me because at this point, nobody really knows. And, and really and truly, Jimbo Fisher's not really that incentivized to tell anybody other than his team, um, you know, who's, who's going to start. And if Haynes does start, how short the leash, leash is. Because with the uncertainty does come a little bit of, you know, some gamesmanship and stuff like that. Um, I would assume that Haynes King probably gets the start. But I would also assume that the leash is quite short in this scenario because, you know, we, we sort of made a lot of us sort of made fun of Steve Sarkeesian whenever he said this about the Alabama game, whenever he said, you know what, this is just another game, win or lose. This doesn't change anything about our goals for the season for what we want to where we want to be in December. And, you know, App State's a little bit of a different opponent than Alabama is, but the same sentiment holds true is that if A&M takes care of business and runs the table for the rest of their schedule, they still wind up in the SEC championship game looking at the possibility of a college football playoff. And so as, you know, borderline humiliating as it was to take that loss against App State and as um, as much of a setback as it feels like, um, everything that they want for the season is still out in front of them. And so um, I think Haynes King probably gets the start because I still think Jimbo Fisher feels like Haynes gives him some upside and some playmaking ability that he probably doesn't have in Max Johnson while having some more experience in the system than what he has with five-star freshman Connor Wigman, who probably has the highest upside of, of all three of them. And so I bet it's probably Haynes King who starts but I bet the leash is pretty short if there starts to be some panic or some mistakes or things like that. I would, I would be shocked if we don't see Max Johnson run out there in that situation. Um, you guys are lucky though. You guys don't have quarterback controversy down there in South beach in Miami. You guys have Tyler Van Dyke who is, you know, coming off of a couple of really great years played really well at the end of last year. And it seems like he's off to a pretty good start this year too. Tell me about Tyler Van Dyke and what A&M fans and the defense need to be looking out for when he drops back to pass and when he's under center. Well, and that's so interesting, Joey, because um, Miami so far in their first two games, the offense has been very vanilla. And I, I believe they are planning on opening, opening things up quite a bit. And I, I say that because, you know, watching fall camp, they did run quite a few RPO snaps and we haven't really seen that at all in Miami's first two games. And it's been a very run heavy offense so far. And I think they'd like to establish the run obviously, but I think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive taking shots downfield because they haven't been very aggressive so far. And as far as Tyler Van Dyke goes, um, 
you know, going back to last season, he tended to actually have his best games when the lights were brightest uh, night games, especially road night games. He had a, an awesome performance uh, against a good North Carolina state defense last year. Um, you know, Texas A&M obviously presents some different challenges with the speed and the athleticism. So I, I think everyone knows how difficult this is going to be, but you know, Van Dyke has really been a gamer and so far this year, you know, he faced an FCS opponent week one. So I don't know how much you can really read from that, but he was, Pretty much flawless against Bethune-Cookman the opening week. Uh, but against Southern Miss, first half was rough. I mean, first half was rough for the entire offense, Tyler included. Um, you know, he was able to uh, final drive of the first half, let a touchdown drive, and then second half, uh, it was starting to roll a little bit like a machine. Uh, so, you know, he, he's had the same strengths from last year. The accuracy has been really good. The deep shots have been good. You know, you can question some of his decision making because had a couple of poor throws against Southern Miss. And I really think as far as Tyler Van Dyke goes, um, you know, he is making his own personal progressions from last season where he's becoming stronger and more of a leader this year. Uh, I think the big questions, though, really rely on his wide receiver core because Miami lost their top two wide receivers from last year. And then so far this season, Joey, the guys who's really been stepping up from Miami is uh, Xavier Restrepo, Tyler Van Dyke's roommate, the top slot receiver. And then today, and I, I hope like Jimbo Fisher isn't watching this because um, we're, we're kind of wondering what's going on today because there's starting to be some buzz and some rumors about a potential Xavier Restrepo injury. So I don't I don't know I don't know for sure if that's going to affect affect his status for Saturday. If it does, that's going to be a loss for Miami. Although their other slot receiver, Brashard Smith, looked really good uh, last week uh, against Southern Miss. So hopefully he could just, if he needs to, fill that void pretty easily. But if Restrepo can't play or if he's limited, that would be a really really big loss for Miami. And you know, listen, I, I certainly, Joey, I, I respect. Texas A&M's defense a lot and you know I'm, I'm looking at Miami's offensive line which has been pretty good so far this season but they haven't faced size and strength like they're going to face on Saturday what can you tell me about Texas A&M's defensive front and how they're going to approach this game because Miami's also ran the football really well so far do you think they're going to focus more on the pass rush or are they going to try to stack the box and stop the run how do you think that oh, can no. play out You froze on me there for a second. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Yeah. No worries. Uh, I, I I got the question. I know what you asked. I'm, I'll give it like a nice five, four, three, two, one countdown so we know sure. where to break it, and then we'll hop back into it. Sure. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, I think from AM on the defensive standpoint, on the defensive line, like you said, there's a ton of size there. And part of the problem against Appalachian State for this defensive front that led to them sort of being able to go three yards in a cloud of dust up and down the field over and over was two of AM's best defensive tackles were out of the game with injury. Both McKin McKinley Jackson, who was the, the best defensive lineman in fall camp, missed the game with an injury. And then Walter Nolan, who was the number two recruit in the country in the 2022 class, uh, missed the, the App State game as well. So that's 600 pounds or 630 pounds worth of beef that was missing. And AM still had plenty of size and skill to be able to run out there, but they just didn't have the depth that they would normally have because they were missing both of those two guys and they were missing, and they're also missing a, a five star um, 
defensive end who is going to be a big part of the AM team as they get rolling. Um, and they were missed, so they were missing three out of maybe the 10 or 11 guys that they envisioned coming into the season would be a big part of their rotation up front. But yes, they're going to, they're going to bring a lot of size inside, especially McKinley Jackson, we believe is going to play this week. Um, so he and Isaiah Rakes are sort of the two guys who are going to play inside on rundowns. And that's about 650 pounds worth of man in there. And they're, they're both really good athletes too. Uh, and then Shamar Turner is a defensive tackle who is, who plays sort of the three technique, the other defensive tackle that's not the nose tackle during pass rush situations. And even he's 305 pounds and really crazy athletic and all that kind of stuff. So inside a is going to be really good, especially if they get that added, uh, added depth by adding the top of the depth chart back in. Um, they do have some some really good edge rushers. Um, Fidel Diggs is a really good edge rusher. Uh, Tumis Adelaide, I always struggle with his name. I got to learn it. Here Nailed before. it. There we go. Uh, I always I always struggle with his name, but he, he's a really good player also. And then um, they have a guy, uh, Levius Overton, who was a 2023 class classified recruit who reclassified in like February to the 2022 class. So he should be a, a high school senior right now. And he's playing more snaps than just about any other of the, the, the true freshman from 2022. So um, uh, he's an 18 year old kid who, like I said, should be a high school senior right now and is playing, you know, a lot of snaps in the SC, in the, uh, the defensive line rotation for AM. So he's a guy to watch. He's super impressive. He's super young and raw as a result, but he's super impressive, really athletic. Uh, so, so yeah, they're going to be, and I could just imagine the level of focus that these guys have put this week on just being extremely solid up front against the run. A, because of what Miami's done over the course of the last couple of weeks uh, in the running game, but B, what happened to them last week in terms of the way App State was able to to move the ball. When they needed to run the ball, they were able to run the ball, and they broke off the big one at the end of the game that wasn't super, super important at that point because of the way the game was going. But <clears throat> on defense for Miami, A&M's had their own off some offensive line issues. They, they've been missing the, their returning starter at, at center, who was an all SEC freshman player last year has missed the first two games with mono. And we think he's going to be back for yeah. at least. Yeah. They, they called it an illness the first week and I were like, oh, okay, he missed the first game with an illness. He'll be back next week. Then he missed another game and we're starting to be like, what does he have that's causing him to miss two weeks worth of football? Uh, it came out, I, I think Jimbo said it on Monday that it was Mono that he was that he had missed with. So he missed the last couple of games with Mono. He's he should be back in at least some capacity this week. So hopefully, you know, they'll get some stability back there. Talk to me about that Canes defensive line and and what you guys are working with there and what AM has to deal with. Because they've had trouble with Sam Houston State and App State. So I can only imagine with what the talent that Miami could bring, what might happen. Yeah, so far, uh, Miami's defensive line, uh, they're considered to be one of the strengths of the team. Uh, they had an incredible fall camp. They, they've had their ups and downs so far to start the year. But, you know, players for AM to really watch out for, Leonard Taylor, number 56 defensive tackle. The guy is just, he's super disruptive. He led Miami in tackles for a loss last year. Uh, he had two or three TFL against uh, Southern Miss this past week. Um, Daryl Jackson uh, is, is also a really interesting defensive tackle. He just transferred in from Maryland. And when, when he transferred in, 
a lot of the buzz on Jackson was this guy's going to be kind of a multi-year project because uh, he had three years, has three years of eligibility left, including this year, maybe a multi-year project. He's a little bit raw. He's taken really uh, strongly to Miami's coaching. And I, I had good feelings about Jackson coming in. He's uh, number six because the guy's six foot six, over 300 pounds playing defensive tackle, super athletic. And he's actually, uh, he's, he's kind of hit his stride earlier than people expected. He's already, He's been a starter. Uh, he's been super good. Um, on the outside, uh, I think one of Miami's better pass rushers. Speaking of, you know, guys who should probably still be in high school right now, uh, I think he. I think he is technically. Uh, he didn't reclassify. He's a 2022 guy, but he's still 17 years old. Wow. Nigelit Kelly, uh, an edge rusher uh, out of uh, out of Fort Lauderdale. He's he's had a nice start to the year. Had his first career sack last week Miami's got some experienced guys that I think need to play a little bit better like Jafari Harvey who's been you know one of Miami's uh, elder statesmen on, on the edge I think he's going to hit a stride a little bit more another transfer guy uh, Jake Lichtenstein who can play both uh, both inside and outside he's had a nice start at defensive tackle Antonio Moultrie so there, there's a lot and, and one of the things Joey with Miami is uh, not every position group is like this believe me but on the defensive line they're three deep at edge and in, in the interior. Uh, they've got six guys that they can rotate a tackle and six or seven guys they can rotate on the edge. So they, they, they've been in good shape from that standpoint. The farther out you go from the defensive line, the more question marks you have. So once you get to linebacker, it's probably the thinnest position on paper. Uh, but Miami does have uh, an experienced guy in Corey uh, Flagg, who's actually a Houston, Texas native. So this, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of family and friends at this game. Oh, yeah. uh, number 11, where he, he's been playing really well to start the year. He doesn't look like much because he's about 5'10", undersized guy playing Mike linebacker. But he's very smart, doesn't miss any assignments. Uh, you know, I just I, I kind of wonder with him because he doesn't have the size and speed. How much is he going to get tested by Texas A&M's personnel? Because will his physical limitations come into play and then the defensive secondary for Miami it's been a miss bag a mixed bag so far because there's a ton of talent there you definitely want to keep your eyes on number zero James Williams who's one of Miami's best overall players period playing he can play safety he can play some Sam linebacker uh, he just flies to the football he's big six foot five heavy guy makes big plays uh, Cam Kinchins the other safety has been really good uh, Tyreek Stevenson is probably the cornerback who's, you know, probably uh, whoever plays quarterback for Texas A&M probably won't be throwing in his direction too much. But there are other guys, though, in the defensive backfield who can get picked on a little bit. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Haynes King or Max Johnson are going to be looking for, you know, where uh, number eight DJ Ivy is and where uh, Malik Curtis is, uh, a true sophomore who's been getting some playing time because, the, the, the two of them have they, they've missed some assignments in pass coverage. So there, there could be certain players that you guys uh, go after. But uh, I, I'd love to hear about Texas A&M's defensive secondary as well and the linebackers. Yeah, so the, it's funny you talk about the linebackers being the thinnest group on the, the Hurricanes depth chart because it's very similar at A&M. Uh, uh, the defensive line's extremely deep. The secondary, I'll get to in a minute, also very deep, very talented. The linebacker group is is probably the one group that up until the class of 2023 in recruiting standpoints, every year A&M is in the top one or two schools for one of these big top of the class, five-star linebackers. And every year for the last four or five years, that guy goes somewhere else. 
and it goes it goes all the way back to like Malik Jefferson going to Texas, and now he's been in the NFL for like three or four years, bouncing around the league. Um, and so it goes all the way back there. Um, and finally, this year they landed Anthony Hill, the big five star guy from Denton Ryan. Um, but but because of that, that position is the probably the thinnest on the defense. There's not a five star linebacker running around for AM like there are a couple of five-star defensive backs and a few five-star defensive linemen. Um, Chris Russell is a guy who um, had been a backup for most of camp and everything, but uh, but has been playing because Andre White, the guy who is the starter at Mike, um, got hurt in the game against uh, Sam Houston pretty late in the game. And um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what the injury is. You know, these college teams, it, it's a lower body injury. We'll tell you more about it when we have to, right? Yeah. Um, they, they don't have the same requirements that those NFL teams have with, with what they have to tell us. But um, but um, so Chris Russell's been playing more. I don't think Andre White's going to play this game. So Chris Russell will be the Mike linebacker. And then Edron Cooper is the second linebacker. And he's really the one that they look to and that they're looking for to try to be more of a playmaker there at the second level. Uh, and so from the secondary standpoint, uh, it really starts with Antonio Johnson, who is, I think they call him their nickel. You know, all these guys have different names for this, this same sort of position. Some guys right. call him the star. Or whatever. Uh, that's sort of, what it is in Miami. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So he's sort of the, the slot defender, overhang defender. Sometimes he's a safety. Sometimes he's a corner. Sometimes he's a little bit more like a linebacker. But he's, a, he's an All-American level player there at the second level and inside on the defense. Um, outside, they've actually, been, they've actually been missing a couple of their veteran corners. So a couple of the young corners, Denver Harris and Smoke Bowie, have been getting a lot of reps uh, as true freshmen out there on, on the island, essentially, um, at outside corner. And then they've got a, the other leader of their secondary is Damani Richardson, who is the strong safety and he he's got a new running mate this year in Jordan Gilbert, who actually I believe has the only interception in the AM secondary this year um, against Sam Houston. And so um, they've got a really deep group. There's a couple of guys who they expect to be back, even if they're sort of back in, in rotational roles that they would normally be full-time players. But they're going to get some of that depth back over the course of the next couple of weeks and, and we'll continue to get better for sure. On the on the defensive side for or on the offensive side for AM, it's interesting that you talk about the, the questions on half the secondary for Miami because this is really the first year in a long time that AM has felt really good about all of their wide receiver options. So it's for a lot of years, it's been, hey, okay, this is the wide receiver for AM. If there's going to be a big play made, it's going to be a nice Smith, has been the guy for the last couple of years. This year, they've got, they've got Evan Stewart, who's another one of these five star true freshmen who has been a starter since spring ball and has been playing outside wide receiver and, and been super consistent, been a really big playmaker for him. They've got another five-star freshman in Chris Marshall who was in and out of camp a little bit, but played really well against Sam Houston and was wide open for what could have been a game-breaking touchdown catch against Appalachian State that Haynes King missed him on. And so if the quarterback can get these guys the ball – with some of the questions you mentioned in the secondary, I think AM's got got a chance to make some big plays in the passing game. They did that against Sam Houston, and then there was just absolutely none of it against Appalachian State. So we'll we'll see which AM offense shows up on, on Saturday night. That's the show for today, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. You can find us on 
YouTube at Locked On Aggies as well. Please go follow us over there. Subscribe, like, comment, share the videos, hit the notification bell so you never miss when we publish a new video. We're really trying to grow that channel over there, trying to get it to 1,000 subscribers before the Alabama game on October the 8th. You can find us on your podcast platform of choice there as well. Please leave us a five-star review and rating over there. Thanks so much, guys. Now that you've made Locked On Aggies your first listen of the day, go check out Locked On SEC. Locked On SEC will take you around the SEC in 30 minutes or less with host Chris Gordy and the local experts from all around the conference. Again, Locked On SEC, thanks so much. We will see you guys tomorrow.